What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast. I'm Jones. And I'm Candace. And we're a real podcast having real conversations with real people. And welcome, and welcome to, to our, our podcast. podcast. What hey up, Jones? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How was your week? It was good. Went to Chicago. I heard. Yeah. Went to see the Friends on Live. How was that? Awesome. They were amazing. Did that motivate you to uh, want to do a live show? Uh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> definitely. All right, all right. Yeah. Hey, if everybody's listening, uh, you guys know we're back on site uh, at the restaurant. I think this is going to be a regular thing for us. Uh, shout out, Jeff. What's going on, man? Uh, Jeff. We got Jeff. Yeah. So if you hear background noise, once again, you know we are uh, on site. Um, so, you know. Um, excuse the noise if it's bothering you. Uh, Candice, where can they find us? You guys can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are everywhere you want to be. We are social. We talk back. Jones hates Twitter, but I like to talk to you on Twitter, so definitely follow us there. Um, we're using the hashtag, the Stakes Podcast. So look us up, comment, subscribe, and rate. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Make sure once you go to iTunes, uh, there's another Stakes is High, so you have to put Stakes is High Podcast. Um, you know, comment, like she said, subscribe, follow. You will get all the updates to our new episode. And, um, you know, enjoy it there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, let me give a special shout out to Tion. Uh, Tion came to me probably, it's probably like a month ago, and he was like, yo, man, I got a, a guest. Uh, I work with this gentleman's wife, and uh, man, this dude is doing good things. Uh, I want to I wanna try to get you guys connected. And I was like, all right, man, cool, because I get that all the time, people saying that they know people that would be good for the episode. But Tion, he kind of straight, he stayed, he stayed adamant about, like, I really want get to get this brother on. So, you know, he made the connect. Me and his brother had been going back and forth, texting a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of excited about having him on. I, I had, too. yeah, I had, uh, I had, shout out to Richard. I had another gentleman who, who was, uh, who's an author, who's a fictional author. Um, shout out to him who had a great story. Uh, shout out to Richard. That episode's on our SoundCloud. Check that out. He is a good brother. But, um, I wanna I wanna go in and introduce this brother, uh, author, father, husband. Shout out to uh, like I said, Tion and his 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 beautiful wife here. I wanna no further. I wanna introduce uh, Shane. What's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing? Good, man. man. Welcome, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in and uh, taking out your time. We've talked with how long been about a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a yeah. couple of weeks back and forth. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, man, this is an adult podcast. So say whatever you want, however you want it, you know. And uh, you know, we enjoy ourselves. Uh, shout out uh, Jeff again bringing out Jeff <laughs> hooking us up y'all hey I'm gonna get Jeff on the podcast we are <laughs> all right so yeah man um, we were talking a little bit earlier man I, I know you said uh, you know you go ahead kind of like what you were saying like a lot of people well let's first get into it Look, tell me a little bit about your uh, your upbringing and are you originally from Indianapolis definitely okay originally okay from Indianapolis Okay. Born on the east side, moved to the west side at seven. Okay. Been there ever since. Okay. You know, when I got over there, I was a new guy in the neighborhood, even at, at a young age. Mm-hmm. You got to fight, got to prove yourself mm-hmm. that you didn't even come outside on hard. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> hard. Yeah. Started off swinging a few times, but um, <laughs> ended up growing up over there, you know, okay. Um, okay. 
did pretty good in school early on. Was you raised by your mom and dad? No, just my father. Your father, yeah, okay. My father. Okay. Then okay. when he, we moved over there, you know, he um, took a bad trip, you know, with, with drugs, mm. and it caused him to not be able to be a, a parent, which made me be an adult, basically, you know, at 12, 13 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So with that type of freedom yeah. and no rules and no boundaries, I grew up fast. You know, I grew okay. up faster than the ones around me, you know what I mean? Because they still had regulations and rules that they had to follow. I yeah. didn't. And I looked up, you know what I'm saying? I was using Sherm and smoking weed and stealing yeah. cars. And I went in and out of the system from group homes, juveniles, boys' schools. It became the norm for me. Mm. Let me ask you a question, man. Was there any individuals uh, that was grasping you, trying to trying to pull you close, like a church or uh, sports, My you know, coaches? Okay. That okay. was pretty much the only positive light. I had an auntie right, right, right. that she was also a positive force in my life. But my grandmother is has been consistent since I was six months old. Mm. And that is probably, if I had to say, the only reason that I turned out well mm. was because of all the seeds that she planted early on and continued to cultivate yeah. them and nurture them throughout life no matter what. Thank God and they for grandmother. And they, they blossoming, man. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It was it just like, you know, although she was there trying to pull you back, it just wasn't enough because, you know, was it just like she wasn't you weren't living with her? Right. Was it was that kind of the reason and why? Then I, this is one thing I, I learned later on when I look back. Once you expose a child to certain things, you can't unexpose it. Mm -hmm. So after I had been exposed to the streets on the level that I had been exposed to them on, like you really couldn't send me back to having a regular child. They had the streets had you. Yeah, it was yeah. Over, it was over with yeah. because it was too much going on out gotcha. there, and it was the pull of the streets is, is strong. It's stronger mm -hmm. than pretty much anything that I know. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of like how I ended up in the situations I was in because I had been exposed at 12 and 13 to yeah. things that the average grown man probably hadn't seen. And so. it looks glamorous, right? Yeah, it, I definitely. mean, it, it looks like, you know, this is the life I want to live. Definitely. So it, there's nothing you can do after it pulls you in. Wow. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask, man. Do you think wow. it was, the, did you fall in love with the streets and what, it, you know? It became my life. Yeah. Like, not even in, it wasn't even a relationship because relationships can be severed. Mm. This became who I wow. was. Wow. And sometimes I would step back and uh, kind of look at myself like, bro, is this really you? Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to deny because, like, all the things that they saying, you really doing. So you're not faking. Mm. This just ain't who you was at the on core. On the inside. Mm. But, like, mm. on the outside looking in, like, this is who I, I had become. Okay, okay. So you said at 12 uh, was like your – was that kind of – you said you started having to make adult decisions and gotten right. involved in the streets. Right. And you said you went to juvenile and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. what was some, like, one of your, like, first times? What was the reason to go to juvenile? Like, what was the charges or what I was you I was out late, so it was curfew. Uh -huh. I had a butcher knife in my pocket because I had known that, like, certain areas that you're traveling through, you need some type of weapon. Yeah. So when the police called me, I had a – kitchen knife look like Jason Voorhees might have it <laughs> in my pocket okay. and I ended up going to juvenile for that Okay. and then my next one I, I was my grandmother would give me a list of things to buy from the grocery store mm. so I would see what all could fit in my pockets <laughs> that way I can keep the money to keep the chain. Yeah, so okay. I would go in there and I was stealing and the, the lady had she knew I had been doing it and she one time she it. just yeah she mm. just decided this time I'm, I'm gonna grab it Okay. And she grabbed me up, and I had all these batteries and all the stuff that I could fit in my pockets yeah. in my pockets. And my grandmother actually came to the scene, and my auntie, 
And they had told me, like, if we don't try to correct you now, you're going to keep doing this. So they allowed me to go to juvenile. Mm. So I went to the juvenile that center and I stayed that time. And it really kind of, like, woke me up. Like, bro, like, you just stayed in there for three days, which seemed like three years to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the beginning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then from there, just progress. You know, like, anything that you do in life. It, it evolves. Mm -hmm. Nothing stays the same. So either you're going to change for the better or for the worse. And I got deeper and deeper. And my crimes got more and more because everybody realized, like, I didn't have no big brother. My father was getting high. So I, I had to fight. And I had heart, like a lot of heart. Right. And they used that against me in the streets mm. because I wasn't fearful. I didn't, I wasn't afraid. So for me to be able to go out, they needed somebody to go steal a car or do do anything. I was the little go-to man because I didn't gotcha. go to school. You know, I stopped yeah. going to school in the seventh, eighth grade. So. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I just I was just the go-to man in the neighborhood. Let me ask you a question, man, because a lot of times I know individuals, uh, when they get mixed up in the streets, uh, there's always something that, like, like, like for example, with your writing. Right. Uh, a lot of people have uh, another skill that, that's not illegal that a lot of times they say or like say for example someone who's a hooper right but he he stays to the streets did right. you have anything like that growing up like you know anything that was kind of like sports or i played basketball and i was good at it okay but the streets if you don't a, keep your grades then you, you can't, can't play, play basketball you know what i mean right. so once yeah. they took basketball from me that was it it was no sense in me even going back to school because like i was uninterested mm. and one thing i learned about myself is i learned different from other people in the school, they couldn't engage me mm -hmm. in the way that I learned. Mm. They was trying to teach 40 kids the same way, and I didn't learn the way that they mm -hmm. learned. Mm -hmm. I learned mm -hmm. by listening and by reading. They right. want to keep forcing us to write this down, do this, take these notes, and I didn't have to never take those notes. Right. But on test day, would come around, I would always pass, and the man would be like, you cheating. I'm saying, nah, I just I learned different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is hear it. And I pick it up, and mm -hmm. then I analyze it, and I know the material. Yeah. But yeah. he couldn't engage me. None of the schools could. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of, like, stopped going. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, man. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's crazy that you say that. Um, it's interesting, you know, how many more kids out there, you know, I mean, getting off subject, but how many other kids out there are suffering from that right there? I guess that's good teacher versus bad teacher, because some teachers may be able to recognize that right. and use it at your advantage. But I think, I think the school system itself is not really designed to individually educate our children. Mm. Because I, I work at a, a school on Monday nights with an after-school program on Riverside called the Visionaries Academy. Right. Okay. And some of these young men are brilliant, but they failing in school because yeah. the classroom sizes are big yeah, or yeah, yeah. they don't have the... If you can't relate to these children, they don't respect you, yeah. then you, you're going to lose them. You know, when I Absolutely. go in there, the, the principal, he told me, I don't know how you just did that. But I had them all get their desk and line them up, get one piece of paper and a pencil out and set at their desk with their hands on top of it. And this was after me being in the room for five minutes. He was like, I don't know what you just did. but like, <laughs> It's because you could relate. Because you were relate somebody they me. could relate right. to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting. I had a, I used to work in a school system, School 27, actually. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I worked with troubled kids uh, who basically had suffered from ADHD and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but as you said, in a regular classroom, they didn't work out. Right. But then you take them to a to a smaller classroom setting. And like you said, these kids are brilliant. Right. It's just that, you know, now they're in class with, like you said, 26 kids. They they're trying to find 
their position in that class. And, and they ain't tripping on no learning. And oftentimes <laughs> the teachers are not equipped to nah, deal with these students. You nah, know, nah. it's and they label them fast right. yeah. because they become, well, he's the troublemaker. Well, why is he the troublemaker? Exactly. Are you exactly. taking time to get to know what interests him as a student? Yeah, 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 it's a big deal. But you're, you're right. The school system is not designed for that at all. <laughs> nah, and I noticed that a lot of the teachers these days are like 26, 25 year old white women. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they just do you not know, why? know how to relate to these And you children. know why? Because you can get your student loan paid off if you go teach in inner city school. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I, I mean, when I seen it, I kept saying like all these young white women yeah. with yeah. these teenage young black men, they don't have a lot in common. Mm-mm. Yeah. They're, they're not there to connect and change the world. Right. They're there to get their student loan paid off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, I think right. some are. You know, I think, but I very mean, few. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, I think I think it is a way of connecting and learning how to connect with these right. individuals. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's a learning process. Right. You know, because it, it, I, I, when I worked in the school system, I seen a lot of them. Uh, being able to connect, a lot of them failed, you know. So, but no, let's go back to Shane. We gonna school tell us. Whole another episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you said you you know going from twelve year old going the streets, you know, learning with your father, you know, how do you have a relationship with him now? Beautiful relationship. Okay. Excellent. Okay. It always been beautiful. It just was according to society standards, it was dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we hung on the same corners, like mm. all times of the night. I would be on the same corner as him. I'm 13, he's my father, and we was out there together. So was it a friendship it. more than a father? Brother. brother, yeah, like brother. my big brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. Uh, your mother, did you did you ever have a relationship with her? Or So-so, it's developing now as we speak. Like, she she had a rough when, when I was born. Okay. In the 70s, it wasn't as easy to be a single mother. You still living with your parents. It wasn't as easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she had to make a choice to give me to my grandmother, who was my father's mother. And for years, we just didn't communicate at all. I think okay. she was, I don't, I'm not going to say ashamed, but it probably hurt her that she had to make that choice. Okay. And it caused us to have a disconnect. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And it lasted, like, until just here recently. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, we mm-hmm. could talk. But like we couldn't talk about the past because I had questions. I wanted to know yeah. certain things. Uh-huh. Like, and you were resentful, I'm right. sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But at some point, as I matured, I decided that I was more emotionally and mentally mature than she was. Mm. So I had to be the one to make to make amends. Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah, with that's that. huge. Yeah. 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 Um, so, what was? Uh, I, I don't want to fast forward because I want to kind. I'm, I'm built. And the reason I'm asking a lot of these questions that's related to your childhood because I want to. You know, I, I want to look at and see, you know, the transitioning and just the steps or even just the the, the road that got you to to where you are today. To where you, are today. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, so you said so you, you hit the streets, you know, uh, let's let's go into teenage, you know, go into young adult, you know, young adult Shane. Well, you when know. I got to that stage, I, I had figured out how to make money. Okay. And I was good at it because I, I'm, I've always been intelligent and I've always had drive. So once I realized that those combinations work well in the streets, mm-hmm. I was always excelling. Like, I know how to get money. So, okay. like, once I started doing that, again, the progression was real. Okay. I went from being, like, just in the way on the corner to actually being a somebody in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And with that came a certain amount of respect, mm-hmm. prestige. Mm-hmm. You know, even fear came along with it. And to a man or a young boy with a vulnerable ego, yeah. you look up and when you come around, people get nervous or they get real humble or they get they respect you or they lightweight jock you. 
yeah. it did something to my ego. Mm. Absolutely. It inflated it. <laughs> and it made me like yeah, walk yeah, with a certain yeah. swagger. Like, here I am 15, y'all 24, 25 years old. And when I come around, y'all get nervous. So, okay. So okay. It, it just, again, progress. Okay. You know so, what I mean? And you say getting money. What? What were you doing to get money? Crack. I crack, sold crack. crack. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Powder, weed. And what, what, what era was this? Was this in early the early 90s? Early 90s. Early 90s. Ah, so you was making some money. 92, so you was getting money. Yeah, I always look at the like the crack epidemic and when um when you start looking at um you know, drug dealers in the eras, you know, 80s, you know, those guys was making, you know, money because that's when crack first hit. Mm -hmm. And in the early 90s, I just remember guys, man, you know, you start hearing stories about guys just having, having just hundreds of thousands of cash. By no means, I was never him. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But but no, I'm just saying that was, I mean, right now, man, you you rarely hear those kind of, I mean, you know, it's a little bit different in the the drug game now, you know. but yeah, so you said you was fifteen, walking around with that respect, you know. Yeah. Um, did I know you said you was walking around with the ego, but did you ever? Did you have fear at the same time? I I, I still question myself now. Like, <laughs> like I, why I was didn't. telling my wife one day, I said I look back on times where I should have been scared, and I never remember being scared. Wow. I never. Mm. I don't know how that happened because I was a good dude, young. You know what I'm saying, church guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just never been afraid. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I think my biggest fear is disappointing my grandmother mm. like that's always been my biggest fear and if i could keep what i was doing out of her face like i didn't fear death i still don't to this day you know what i'm saying a lot of people um like to me life and death is birth life and death is one big cycle mm. you have to do all three in Absolutely. order for one to be accomplished yeah. mm-hmm. so that i've never been really fearful of that okay so fear was never part of the equation with me and that's not sounding tough. That's yeah. just the reality of yeah. it. I just had a heart that was different from a lot of people around me. Okay. Wow. Okay. What about the hard sheets in the street? Because I know you. I know you have your your head, your your run-ins and all that kind of stuff. I mean, did you have those or plenty of them? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I, I, I went through that phase where I, t- I started taking from people. Mm. Like I didn't feel like I needed to sit around here and hustle all day when I could just watch you do it and then just take your stuff so that repercussion so I caused a lot of a lot of uh, headaches for myself yeah. doing that you know and okay. again you have to if you make choices you have to be willing to deal Absolutely. with the consequences and Absolutely. I had made those choices before I even went along or when it did what I did I knew this is gonna come with re- repercussions and I was willing to face them so okay. like okay. I was all in I wasn't no like part-time crook like I was all, that was what I did for a living that was my life did you did have you did you were you working you had a job growing no, up I, mean, I never you. worked I worked at Hewlett Packard for like three months before and I was working to satisfy probation mm. And at, when I would get my checks, it would be so disappointing. <laughs> and I just decided one day, hey, man, like, why I, am I even here? Yeah, I spend twelve <laughs> hours a day in this place, mm-hmm. and for I think three days a week, and then they end up giving you an extra. So we was getting thirty six hours right. for twelve hour shifts, and they was working me on Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday uh, night. Which yeah, is the, that's your prime time. Yeah, that's when I get it all off. Yeah, so I can't keep coming to here, the boss man, for these ten hours when I can go out here on these streets and get it in. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Oh, man, I had a I had a buddy uh, in high school. Well, after he he been selling dope, but um, he was he. I remember he got his first job. I remember we were adults. He got his first job. I was like, man, finally, man, you, you leaving the streets alone. And he worked there for like he got his first check. And he was like, man, this is hard. I'm gonna keep doing it. He said one day, you know, a dope fiend kept calling him, kept calling him, kept calling him. He said finally, he's like, all right, lunch break. I got a little bit left. I'm gonna serve him on lunch break, and I'm gonna come back. 
He said, man, I made more on lunch break than you know, I did the, the whole, whole two week. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy, man. man. But yeah, man, I can see how, you know, if you're out here making money and it's a lot easier than sitting around here with some boss over your head, right. micromanaging you, you know. So, but, you know, yeah, we're going to fast forward to what happened <laughs> to, you know. So, in the streets, in the streets, you know, um, jail time, were you doing jail time in and out of there or was it just like, From you know. From 95. I started going to boys' school in 95, okay. and I went for, I think my first time I was supposed to do 90 days, I ended up doing six months because I couldn't get my behavior together. Oh. So I got out of that, and I ended up going back on a violation, and then from like 96 to 98, I was pretty much free. Mm-hmm. But two years worth of my type of crimes, I figured it was going to catch up with me. Right. So in 98, I caught my first actual prison sentence. Mm. I robbed three guys with a shotgun. Mm. And they caught me leaving the scene. Mm. Me and my guy, he jumped out and ran. He actually got away with the money and everything. Mm. And I go to prison for three years. Damn. And that didn't do nothing for me because it was too easy. Yeah, three Pri- years. Yeah, it was yeah, too yeah. And I was young, 19 years old. It yeah. was simple. And when I came home, my status was even higher. Because you went to jail. Right. And, wow. and you didn't, didn't tell. To, right. And he didn't end up going to jail with me, and he knew that he could have. And you didn't say a word. Nah, I guess so you more made respect. Me yeah. more respected. And then after sitting down, it, it wakes up like a hunger in you for grind because you get to look back and see, like, I was wasting time out there. I could have been getting a lot more money. So when I came out, I was focused. Mm. And I hit my pinnacle again in the streets. So it just didn't do me no good. So prison didn't help you the first, at least the first nah, time. That didn't help at all. Yeah, that's it crazy. only made me worse because I went to a place where everybody Else is a was career criminal. So you get to hear all the different stories. Oh, wow. That was my next question, man. <laughs> wow. you know, being that young, mm-hmm. now you're probably making connections. You know, you make it more like, man, I know so-and-so out there. And, I, and that's what I was going to ask, you know. And it seems like that happens in prison a lot, you right. know. So, yeah, man. So... All right, you get out and you get even more, get more respect, right. you know. What was up with the homeboy, like, you know, when he get out, did he, how was that relationship? <laughs> he was through by the time I got out. Uh, Drugs that took him under. <laughs> he never sent me a dollar. What? Uh, I really wasn't resentful at him, but I knew we couldn't, wasn't no sense in us even communicating. Okay. I seen him all the time, but, like, you left me for dead. And yeah. you went to jail with me. Yeah. So. And you didn't send me a dollar. Not one dollar. Not a card. Not a thank that, you. Not nothing. <laughs> and that ain't. That's not even a part of the street code. Like. Nah. Yeah. That's. He didn't play by the rules. He didn't play time. by the rules. <laughs> nah, nah. Damn. Nah. Yeah. He violated me. No loyalty. Yeah. yeah. But it's none out there. No, yeah. That's like, what right. I was gonna ask, nah. man. Is right. there really truly loyalty in the streets? No. You know what I mean? Like. Because it, it takes it, it. It. I think it takes a situation for every man to be revealed to himself. Mm. Like wow. people say that this is what I'm going to do and this is what I am, but you never really know who you are until you face with a decision. Yeah. And you know what I mean? A lot of people get put in that position and they fail because they, they really wasn't equipped for the severity yeah. or the weight yeah. of what them people talking about when they get you down there. That's like the quote, uh, everybody everybody recites it, but the Mike Tyson quote, um, everyone has a plan until they get hit. Right. You know? And then, it, wow. and then it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. So, um, Let's talk about your, um, uh, you know, get out in the streets. You know, I'm sure you're still continuing with the, you know, with the same hustles and uh, everything like that. Right. So your next prison stint, was that like? That one got real. Got, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk one, about that that's one. That's the let's one. Talk about, let's talk how it led up to that. What 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 was the situation? And, you know, do you just, do you remember well, that day? Yeah, I remember. Okay, like yeah. Let's talk about that. Yesterday. 
Well, um, they had put me on Indiana's Most Wanted mm. for like a two-week stretch. And they made all these people think that I had did all these things. Okay. But they never had a warrant for my arrest. I was a person of interest. But when you tell that to a person who don't know what that means, mm-hmm. that makes them think that you're a suspect. You're yeah. automatically guilty yeah, in their eyes. guilty of this. Okay. Wow. And because my little cousin, she was uh, 19 years old, eight months pregnant. She had gotten murdered. Mm. And, like, the streets just talk. They just talk. And I was in prison at this time. Okay. But when I got out of prison, you know, um, I was bitter about that. You know what I mean? I was a little upset. And people, I think, who were involved with her situation, they started coming up short. Mm. They never had no evidence on me. They never said, we seen you. But it was just, it got to be him. It has to be him. You know what I mean? Wait, hold on. It has to be you that did what? Killed people. Oh, okay, okay. Right. okay He's okay. got to be the one. Oh, so, okay, so your niece. My cousin. I mean, okay. your cousin right. was murdered. Right. So then the individuals who, who did that, right. they got murdered. Oh, okay. The police really wanted to clean up a lot of cases. Yeah. So they pointed it all on me. What they did was, see, I had a, a, a few young boys, and we robbed people. There's no Everybody knows that. Right. So they just equated, if we could just take the head away, then the body going to die. Mm. And if we can just get him to tell us on them, then we get them all. Right. So right. they used me to clean, attempt to clean up all these cases okay and they put my face on the news like he did a b c d and e Mm. and it caused people that was around me on a daily basis to be like what like you did that yeah yeah so it made me of course have to run around with a gun all day because now like you think i did a b c and d so i have to protect myself but Mm. so was they saying that you were a suspect or they were just saying you were wanted for questioning puppet master Uh, string puller but they didn't say that all they said was he's a person of interest in A, B, C, and D. Uh, but 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 A, B, C, and D. Right. That's like saying okay, he's a person of interest, and then we're going to label all this information. Right. That's and saying put it on his life. yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. And mm-hmm. there's another guy right now that's on the news. They doing the exact. It, it reminds me of my situation. It's a guy thing. named Grundy. Okay. I don't know the man personally right. at all. Never met him or none of that. But I can see the smear campaign that's going on mm. with him in this situation. So he guilty regardless. Period. They yeah, locked him up. Yeah. They presented the evidence to whoever they were supposed to present it to. You have to release the man. You have to let him out of jail. But then every single thing that happens in his area, you putting it on his lap. Mm. You tying it right back to him. And that's exactly And he may they, not even, he nah, may not even not be all. in the area. And my thing wow. is, if you have a system in place that's designed to prove guilt or innocent, I mean, innocence, and you have certain uh, evidentiary uh, weight that you must present. Yeah. And you you don't do that, then you you use the system, and when the system did not get you the results that you wanted, then you look for an excuse. Mm. Oh well, this you know no, you posted got back on TV and said Mr. Shepard actually yeah. was not convicted of what we said he was convicted for. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, they want to close the case. Oh yeah, they want to close the case. They want to close the case to appease the citizens, the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. be like we we got you know. We close in this case. Yeah, that's crazy. And man. no matter the cost, no matter whose family right. is involved, yeah. no, no matter, matter what, we gonna how much money they spend, period. yeah, they don't care. They don't care. They want to clean it up regardless. Right. Okay. So they had your name on the on t- uh, they had your t- face all on TV, and, right. and it wasn't no social media for me to come out and say, well, hey, I didn't do this. So mm-hmm. I'm not that. So I just had to wear it because, mm-hmm. like, how can I walk up and explain to you? I'm not him. Mm-hmm. I didn't do this. I didn't, you can't. You can't and wasn't nobody it. else gonna be like, nah, that was me who did it. Not right. Him. So <laughs> right. Yeah. I had to wear it. You know what I'm saying? I, I still to this day, 
like I can see the look in some people's eyes and be wondering like you know really yeah so what day. was some of the what was some of the um what was some of the charges that they were pinning on you murder murder okay yeah several several murders yeah. oh damn they pin- and that, that right there um it's hard on your family oh absolutely. like one thing that I know I learned from that situation was I had the respect of a lot of old people in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and some of them like pulled back and started looking at me different but I'm the same guy that always took your trash out and always raked your leaves and always respected you but you listen to what these people say and you allow that to dictate the way that you view me but you know me Right, right, you should have right, gave right. me more of a benefit of the doubt than that. Yeah. But nobody gave me the benefit of the doubt because Mr. Charlie said, I'm the one did it. That must be true. Mm-hmm. Mm. But these are the same people that would get on TV, shoot down a black man on an, on an, on camera, mm-hmm. and then find a way to justify their own. Right. But you'll vilify me mm-hmm. yeah. to my people. And not even having enough evidence. To, they just pin it And, and not, yeah. not ever come back and say, hey, we made a mistake. Okay. They never said that. So mm. you, so you, you went to, so they put it all on you. Yeah. How long did you do? Eleven years, eleven months, and twenty-seven days. Dang. Yeah. I got caught with a gun, and the federal, the feds picked my gun case up, and I was posted face from five to ten. Right. But I was an armed career criminal, so they made my minimum fifteen, my maximum life. Mm. So at twenty-five years old, you're looking at the clock like, well, if I go in here and play with these people, they give me thirty years, I probably can't handle that. So I'm gonna just sign, take sign for fifteen. Let me take the minimum. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. So you, yeah. you, you, I was gonna ask, did you ever think about fighting the case? Not once. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they, especially I, if they got you on the yeah, on TV. Not once. That one gone. Yeah. I told my grandma this is a joke that she kind of like me to tell, but I, I'm gonna tell it anyway. <laughs> What's your grandma's name? Shout out Carlene, to Carlene. Carlene, Carlene she, shout out to Carlene, yeah. man. She she seemed like a she beautiful told me woman. She did. I was down I said grandma I'm gonna go ahead and take this 15 years she said nah baby trust Jesus I said I already did he the one told, <laughs> told me, me to, to take this 15 years <laughs> so I took it you know yeah, I that. <laughs> she told me trust Jesus I said I did he the one told me get out them people way so how long so you know and we talk a lot of a lot of people uh, I've talked to a lot of people who've done prison time you know um I got family members and everything and how long did it take you you know, before you've been like, damn, I'm going to be here for a minute. Because I know the some first, people would take the first night. Sometimes no, I'd be like, man, I ain't recognized it three years later. I'm yeah, like. Yeah, that's probably what it was. From from probably 04 to 07, I was just on autopilot because I was back in my element. Yeah. Mm. Like I do prison well. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went right in, linked back up with my guys, doing what I do, you know, getting high. You know yeah. what I mean? In like, prison. In prison. Mm. Smoke weed, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Packing mm-hmm. a knife. In prison. Oh, yeah. It's like the streets, and it's worse because yeah, you get all criminals. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a criminal yeah. in that society. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to jockey Move for different. <laughs> the biggest. You have to be tough. And it's not if you're weak, then you get rolled over. So I went right in and established myself right off the top. Wow. This is me, and I'm with it. You know? Wow. So that's how I went. So you said about three, about three years, four years. You yeah, it took like, about Damn. the third year I started to realize I really wasn't that close to getting out. And yeah. see, my first sentence was three and a half years. Okay. So right around that time, I started yeah, feeling it like, like yeah, 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 this is starting to get a little yeah. long-winded here. Like yeah. it's past my regular prison sentence. Yeah. And I was looking down the road, and it's 07. I don't get out to 2017. I'm like, boy, you, <laughs> this is rough yeah, here. Yeah, it started yeah. getting serious. So, um, so. After that time, uh, what was your way of thinking? Was it like, you know, did After you start? Refl- yeah, like when you start, when you realize, like, damn, 
I'm gonna be I here. I actually for had an encounter that that kind of lightweight was the 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 thing that that shifted my whole the turning view of point. Life. The turning point. I met H. Rap Brown. Okay. And he was going to Florence's Supermax, where they ADX, where they put you lightweight under the ground, no communications mm-hmm. in the third. In and I was going to Florence's Maximum Security Prison, oh, which wow. is right next door. You were headed there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So on our way there, I seen him get on a on a bus and I knew I recognized his fake and I watched A&E like I don't watch nothing on TV that wasn't something I can learn from right, right. I learned I told you about listening yeah, yeah, yeah. and I recognized him and I just couldn't put my finger on who he was so I walked up to him I said excuse me man are you H-Rap Brown he looked he was like well they don't call me I'm Jamil Alameen now but yeah that's me mm. and it honored him that a young black man knew who he was, he was from a whole nother era so he told the marshals, hey, man, let him sit beside me because he, he had a, the right yeah, to sit alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let him sit here. So we uh, conversated from Atlanta's airport to, I mean, from Atlanta's prison to Atlanta's airport. We got on an airplane and we, we sat, I sat beside him some more. We flew from Atlanta to Oklahoma. We got to Oklahoma. We ended up on a bus from Oklahoma to Colorado. So I spent multiple hours with him. Yeah, and he just yeah. like poured into me. I wow. never talked and I can talk. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he poured into me different values of a man and what a man should be to his community and to his family and this, that, and the third. Yeah, and for, I really wasn't ready for it. Not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. f- before we go on, um, tell the listeners for who don't know who he is. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. H. Rap Brown is one of the original Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before it was um, socially cool, it was actually a political party. They was democratic, you know. They was yep, trying yep, to yep. get black people to be involved with the political system because if you don't have adequate representation in your government then you never was going to get no benefit right mm-hmm. so he was one of the original five members yep, yep, yep. and uh he was very powerful he talks in riddles that's how he got the name rap like he actually talks in rhymes very intelligent very prestigious man yeah, yeah you can yeah. tell like really strong dude cool cool so okay yeah i wanted to, i knew who he yeah, was yeah, i was me like too. let me make I, yeah. sure that <laughs> yeah. yeah um so you all that time you with him and um he basically just dropping knowledge and dropping right. knowledge so what did that do to you you know once you it gave me a sense of responsibility first to myself and then to those around me because he could obviously see that i was um intelligent mm-hmm. i was strong you know he, like people if you look at a man in his eye you can kind of read some of his, his qualities right, and right, he's right. seen something in me that maybe i hadn't seen in myself right right and um none of the things that he said actually took root until a whole year later mm. wow they had a riot in the prison i was in and the riot was on Hitler's birthday. Oh, my mm. God. It was uh, April 20th. I'll never forget his birthday. I never knew his birthday. Yeah, his birthday <laughs> April 20th. And they had some, some Nazi guys on the yard uh, that was celebrating Hitler's birthday. Jesus and in doing Christ. so, they was calling a bunch of – they was real drunk. In prison, you got some of the strongest yeah. alcohol, period. Yeah. And they was calling a bunch of black people monkeys. Mm. Monkey this and monkey that. And this riot went on for like an hour and a half. Mm. Like tear gas. The police ended up shooting two people. This in the prison. And I think they shooting it, in the prison. Okay. Oh yeah, they killed one black and one white Dang. just to make it even. Okay. But that that riot showed me the fragileness of race relations. Mm-hmm. Like, we from up north, we don't really get it like they get it in the south. Yeah, it's not yeah. as <clears throat> it's not as obvious right, up right, here. Right, 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 right. But to see how easy that like these was white dudes that we was around on a regular basis, but to see how fast that they turned and started, uh, I guess you could call it their bigotry. Mm. Okay. It made me start to take a little more pride in being black. Like, mm. 
you this how you view me. This is what you think of me. You think we all ignorant monkeys right. and you right in here with me. And right. I just sat next to you. Yeah, we was just cool. <laughs> we were just eating together. Before Hitler's birthday. Yeah. Came, you know what I'm saying? Wow. So I think that moment made me start to like take a little more pride in mm. myself and then black people. Mm. You know? And I started to change slowly but surely. Sure. Okay, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's what's up, up man. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what were some of the things that, you know, other than that, like, did you, were you taking classes in, in, in I prison? I read a lot. Just read a lot. Yeah, okay. I, I had a friend that any book that I requested, she would send it to me. That's dope. So I would come across, like, people like Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. James Allen, mm-hmm. you know, people like that, and I would read all their material. Okay. And once I started reading, I realized that the same stuff that's, being hidden from us is exposed in layman's terms in these books Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if i want to be better i need to start reading a higher quality of material and that's what i did okay and then i think the book that i read that was the most valuable i read a college edition psychology book Mm. and i just read it from cover to cover slowly but sure i would answer the questions in the back of each chapter Mm -hmm. so i basically learned myself the way that your mind operates. Right, 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 and when I learned that, I realized this is why you've been behaving the way you've been behaving mm. because everything in life is a learned behavior. This mm. is what you learn, so nothing else can come forth from you until you plant new seeds in your garden. Wow. Do you think it helped that you already had like uh, a sense of, of knowledge of the, because you had to learn the, the streets. Right. And regardless if people want to admit it or not, that's still a way of understanding psychology. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you know, uh, you know how that person's going to react to a certain situation. So you already kind of had a jump start. You know what I'm saying on that? I mean, all whatever walk in life that we have, we all have learned ways of uh, understanding people. You know, regardless if it's if you were um, in the streets or if you were privileged. You know what I'm saying? So do you think that kind of helped and just gave you a different, you know, Especially deeper dealing with? The underground. So you got the streets, then you got like the underworld. Yeah. And in yeah. the underworld, everybody has mental illnesses. Right. Whether they recognize it as that or not, those are mental illnesses. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. So to yeah. be in that world from such a young age and observe, not from a, a, a far or from the sideline, but to be immersed in it, yeah. I learned a lot. And when I started to learn why did these, because everything is cause and effect. Absolutely. So now that I'm looking at it from a detached perspective, like, okay, don't look at your father as your father. Step back and just look at him as a man and as understand a person. Mm-hmm. His, why he went down the path that he did. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. It, made it, it, it made it all make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's absolutely right, man. Because if you have someone who's dealing, especially with an illness, and when you talk about illness, you talk about even if, you're just, if it's a drug addict or if it's whatever it is, you don't understand that because a lot of times, especially if it's someone close, right. you don't understand for the longest until you say, wait, hold on, let me step back, like right. you said, and say, why is this person right. like this? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's... And that's it makes dumb. all the difference in the world when you can see your parents for right. just people right. and not just your parents. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kind of changes your narrative about them. Yeah, because you have an expectation as their parent. Right. You know what I right. mean? But once you step back and be like, okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. See him as human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what I want to get to, man, I want to get to what got you writing, man, because, you Just, know, I, I decided at, at that point, so I started writing and I started writing out of boredom because we would be on lockdown for two or three months at a time. 
and I, I had wrote a book before when I was in uh, boy school, and it okay. was about pimping. <laughs> okay. Because I had read a lot of Iceberg Slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, I said, well, I know a little bit about pimping, but not actually just like selling prostitutes. Man, I'm surprised at, you didn't try to rap first, man. You, I, don't think I, I don't think I was qualified. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, after that book, I realized that you, you can write. Okay. Because I let a few people read that, and they was like, who wrote this? I'm like, I did. Okay. They're like, no, you ain't write that. I'm like, I did. So this time around, when I started writing, I had a, a nice tea in prison. You got the most critical people in the world. <laughs> Everybody's bitter. Everybody that don't don't think you can do nothing. So someone tell you good in prison. It's oh, you good for real. <laughs> okay. They say that you good in prison. You good you in good. real life. <laughs> so that was my that was how I got started. Okay. I would write stories to entertain them mm. and pass them around, and they would develop a list. Sign. I had a list on my wall, and I had my manuscript sitting on my desk. And I would look up. It was two or three people at first. I looked up. It got all the way down to like twenty-six people. It's a waiting list for this book. For people to read talking it. About uh, how good it. That is. is awesome. And I just tested the market in there like that. That's dope. So man. I ended up writing six books. So um, what's your lane? Fictional, nonfiction, both. Both. Okay. Yeah, okay. I got uh, three fictional books, which is um, Respect Revenge series. Okay. Each book stands on its own. If you if you if you missed part one and you read part two. Okay. It's enough in it about part one and you will catch right up. Okay, okay. But I have nonfiction works, which is really the stuff that I'm I really, really want to get out here. Okay. Okay. And to me it seemed like I had to regress yeah, yeah. in order just to prove that I'm serious about these books. Mm-hmm. So okay. I had to put my fictional work out there just to get people's attention and say, Hey, this dude, he can write. That's what's up, man. But yeah. the same target demographic that I have for these non for these fictional works right. is who I'm aiming at with my Nonfiction work okay. because my nonfiction work is 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 going to bring about some changes in people's lives. Okay, I got one that's called Truth and Change: Knowledge, Wisdom, Understanding for and about the young black man. Mm. And in that book is forty principles that I went back and itemized that I used in order to make myself better. One of the mm. first ones is self-image. Mm. How do you view yourself? Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's forty principles in that book. I got one that's called The Immeasurable Value and Effortless Beauty of a Black Woman. Mm. And it's basically uh, it, explaining to her her worth, her value, oh, what dope, she's man. what she has contributed to the world, which is civilization itself. Come yeah. on now. She gave birth <laughs> Tap to the entire Come on world. Now. You know what I'm saying? Because people say, well, she came from my rib. I'm saying, like, scientifically, that's impossible. <clears throat> we develop in her womb, yeah, period. Yeah, so yeah. the first person on this earth had to be a woman. Because I've never seen a man develop a fetus mm-hmm. from you know embryonic stage all the way through yeah. and give birth. So she awesome. had to be the goddess of the universe. Yeah. Come on now. So I wrote that book. Let me ask you a question. Why 40? What was the 40? Why did you choose 40? Or was because that, I special? had more, but I had some of them overlapped each other. Okay. So I didn't want to become redundant yeah, yeah, in yeah. my, you know what I mean? Okay. Like okay. I had short-term goals, long-term goals, so I just put goals. Okay. So I was okay. able to eliminate some of the fat. So as not to lose these young men's attention. Gotcha. And it's actually going to be a workbook. In the back of each chapter, I'm going to have questions. Oh, that's dope. And I'm going to do a DVD that goes with the book. Oh, man. That way so. I'm in your living room. Because I learned this about myself. My heart is as big as all outdoors. Yeah. And I try to help everybody. But I spread myself so thin, I never have time for myself, mm-hmm. my wife. Self-care. Yeah. So I had to step back and figure out, okay, with this social media and with these DVD, how can I be in more places at one time? There it is, man. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down and record the lessons on DVD and just really break down each chapter that I know is probably hard to understand. Mm -hmm. 
and just put that on top of the book and you get that whole package for 20 bucks okay. and then i'm gonna open up a, a, its own facebook page where i can interact with these young men yeah because i want the mothers and the fathers or whoever is raising these kids to be involved this is mm. something for the entire family if you Spend your money with me. You're going to get your money's worth. And I go. want something to build it. I want some young man to one day come to me and say, man, that book series you put out. Yeah. Changed my life. That changed me, man. Yes. And I think if that ever happens, when that happens, because it's going to happen. That's what's up. I'm going to know that my work is done. That's what's up. There we go. Where can they, um, you know, I'm going to ask you again that before we end. But right yeah. now, since we're here, where can they find your books? You um, know, hardpartpublishing.com. H-A-R-D-P-A-R-T publishing.com. Okay. okay. Facebook name is Shane Shepard. Um, Instagram is hard underscore part. Uh, I've been selling them out the trunk. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm, I'm riding around. However, them off. whatever I mean, it takes. Same ground I had in the streets. I'm popping them off. That's what's up. Because, man. again, nobody takes it serious yet. They're going to look up one day. They're going to say, oh, he was serious. Because mm -hmm. I don't think that they realize I have this much material already done and ready. I just have to systematically put it up. Because I want once I gain this audience, yeah. then I'm going to lift up what they read. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask, man. What's been some of the struggles, you know, with, with this? Is I other, think other distribution. Than I think trying to find people in these, like I, me, I want to do it grassroots. I want to go around all these beauty shops, all these black-owned businesses and say, hey, let me give you 10, 15 books and I'll give you 20% of the profit so I don't have to be riding around getting them off in the trunk right, because right. I could be focusing on other things because I got community outreach programs. Yeah, that's I what I was going to talk about that I'm, too, man. So it's like I'm, I need... Um, cooperation okay you know what i mean and how that hasn't been received they haven't been i haven't really tried not yet not okay. hard okay I've, I've expected people to come to me and say hey i can help but I, i'm realizing that that's not gonna happen that's yeah. not the case yeah. so i have to go out <laughs> that's and, not and the be case. aggressive like yeah, i sure. am by nature and make it happen yeah but man. i can't complain at all man like i i don't i have no complaints that's what's up man that's what's up um Let's talk about the outreach programs because uh, Tian told me, uh, was is it a network or maybe I'm uh, It's called Before You Fall. Okay, okay. It's, a, it's the community outreach program. That's the, my, my company itself pays 10% of all my profits to Before You Fall. Okay. Because I tried to go get some money from other people and it just, I didn't like it. So I'm not going to ask you to help my boys. Yeah. And uh, we do mentoring individually. We go to their schools. Mm. We on, they on our phones. They call us. They, like, that's three of them over there. Okay. They just, they hang out with me. You know what that's I'm saying? Because I want to give them an image of what a black man should be. That's yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's I dress like y'all, talk like y'all. You get in my car, score face, Tupac, and all that. <laughs> but I don't commit crimes. Yeah. I'm not beating up yeah. women. I'm not riding around looking for something to get into. I'm focused and I'm dedicated to what it is that I do. And they seeing it because they actually made a comic book. That's I'm so saying. proud of them three over there. They, they realized that these books are selling. They made a comic book. Based book, off of your book. Based books. off me. Wow. Like the the book is called The Big Homie. Wow. And in the book, he keeps popping up, giving them game, and nobody can see him besides them two. Oh. Uh. So when they great make bad decisions, the big homie appears out of nowhere and they keep talking. Ah, Come on, big homie. They did that. <laughs> I that's love that's it. That's inspiration. And that's I what I want to do. I want to inspire young men to be better. So if anyone, you know, they have any kids that want to look into the program how did it what are they how did they get a hold of you hardpartpublishing.com is on okay. it's all on there like okay. i've my community outreach program is on there like and, it's no getting around there. and what we will do we, we will, will drop, drop the, every single link yeah, <laughs> in, in our, our soundcloud yeah, so that yeah, people yeah. can get in so, touch yeah. with you because i know after hearing this episode right. they are going to look you up that's right. amazing yeah. that is amazing um 
I know you said uh, earlier, and, I, and, and maybe I'm jumping a gun on this, but you said you had another individual that was going to, because you talk about, you know, a lot of people want to ask you questions and you feel like you need to put a, put a, a disclaimer. question, a dis, you know, not a disclaimer, right. more like the questions out like, hey, let me present you these questions just in case you're afraid to ask me, you know, right. what are some of those questions, man? Like, do I you, think you know, one of the biggest misconceptions that, that it is about me is I'm a bad guy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been a bad guy. Every Like, if you ever was around me for a whole day, you would realize, like, a lot of people love this dude. Right. Because I've always been loyal to a fault. I've always been a dude that, like, if you don't get it, I'll give it. Right. So I've never been a bad guy. But when you look at when you look at me from a distance and you only go off what you've heard and you never actually met me, I could see why you would think that. Gotcha. But if gotcha. you ever knew, like, me and my heart and my dedication to children, old people, and women... Like, that alone should take me out of the category of a bad guy. When you're in the streets, certain things come along with the streets. Mm -hmm. Right. And, like, you, I, I couldn't judge you based on what you did when you was deep in the streets because gotcha. that comes with that. No doubt. And those well, are decisions. That's right. not you. Period. Yeah. yeah. You, know what I mean? you can make bad choices, Period. but you're not a bad that person. don't make me a bad guy. Right. Because I made bad choices. Because right. I always say this, like, and I, I quote the Bible often, he who was without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Right. How? What makes me any better or any worse than you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my yeah. sin may not be your sin. Well, you know, a, we all have something. You know, question, question. Mm -hmm. um, so, so how long? So you eleven months? No, eleven, 11 years, years. Eleven, 11 months, months and 20, twenty-seven days. Twenty-seven days. Uh, so how long? When did you get out? When was your release date? I got out April the fifteenth. So I've been out six months as of yesterday. Wow. Oh, wow. And I've been focused since day one. I can I can okay. see it. Okay. Wow. Definitely. So how you doing it, man? Beautiful. I can't complain at all. How are you doing it? How are you staying away oh, from the streets? Her. I was going to say, you better yeah, give I was, it to her. I was just about to say, no, we need to talk about yeah. wifey that over was, here. That was a test. Yeah. Yeah. A test. Yeah. yeah, no question. <laughs> like, I think if, 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 when a man has his basic needs met, which is food, clothing, and shelter, yeah. when she made sure I came into a comfortable position coming out, yeah. it took a lot of pressure off of me. And I was able to focus on other things. Other things yeah, and yeah, yeah. like if I get to slipping and not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, she know how to reel you back in. Yeah. That's what's mm -hmm. Sometimes it irritates me and I say, get out of me, get away from me. And she say, nah, I ain't going nowhere because mm -hmm. this is what you told me you was going to do and you That's need to be up. getting it done. That's so. what's up. How long have you two been together? Since the third grade. <laughs> no, that's a joke, boy. She was one of my girlfriends in the third grade. Oh, we yeah. First okay. kids okay. Writing those notes. And I guess I was Romeo back then because so, after all these years, she just, oh, you always was special. I said, yeah, you probably say that to everybody. So you seen him go through all the. You seen him go through the mess. And she's seen it from a distance. From a distance. Yeah, from she, a distance. Because okay. we, okay. we was out of communication from like maybe the fourth or fifth grade until uh, just okay, okay. a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. She actually okay, looked okay, me okay. up. She had been trying to find me, and somebody finally knew my new last name because it had changed. So I got a letter out the blue one day that said, this is you, call. You in jail. I'm flattered. I said, she got to be ugly. She got to be done got busted. <laughs> send me a picture. And then she carried up and sent them. She sent me modeling shots. You know, I was a model. She thinks she cute. <laughs> so at that point, man, we just started talking. And I'm a communicator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't beat around the bush. I say, this is what I am. This is what I want. This is what I expect. Can you? And then she did the same thing. And then That's we looked up. And I got out. And two months after I was out, I wanted to see if it was true. Okay. Because she painted a picture for me while I was gone. Like, this is what I'm like. Yeah. yeah that sounds yeah, too good yeah. to be true. But yeah. I got out and I watched, paid attention. 
And I'm sure she was doing the same thing um, to you. Yeah, right. yeah. No, she still is. She ain't <laughs> convinced yet. She ain't all the way convinced yet. That's but what's up, man. I just we went downtown and got married. That's yes. what's up, man. Come on, That's black love. That's what's up, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. Well, uh, the new book. Um, this is the newest book. Uh, this is and what's it called? Yeah, this what's it? Respect yeah. Revenge Part 1. Respect Revenge Part 1. Okay. Naptown Couldn't Sleep. Okay. Oh man! Yeah, this uh, is it. All right. Um, is that um? That's non or fictional. It's a fictional. Fictional. Book. Okay. But okay. the way that I did it, see, when you when I was writing these books, I I had too many characters that I needed to put in the mix to make up all these weird names. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I just closed my eyes and thought about my actual environment, and I would pull people's names. Oh, okay. Not necessarily your persona, but your name, because I can yeah, remember yeah. the story better if I said, well. Uh, my daddy and Harvey was such and such. I could remember the story. So as I'm painting the story, it was easy for me to do. So that whole book, it seems like it's right taking place in a reality situation, but it's a fictional story. Okay. Wow. And people to this day still like, they call me, man, is this book true? I said, bro, if that book was true, <laughs> I would be a legend in real life. <laughs> so so is, that, is it based off you? Or the, is the it? first few years of the book, I base it off my life okay. up until I go okay. to boys' school and come out. Okay, and okay. that's why okay. people get confused because they be like, "It's so reminiscent right. of your life." And, wow. and, and people who know me, they say it yeah, sounds like yeah. you just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, this is one thing I will say about that book, and not to blow my own horn. Every single person who ever read that book, they say the same thing. When I started reading it, I could not put the book down. Mm. Like, I can't wait to get into yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they say I cannot stop reading that book. Like, mm-hmm. I had a beautician who don't read. She said, I don't like to read. I looked up. I was reading your book everywhere I went to wow, the point where right. I couldn't stop. That's so, that's like, dope. I know I, I have the ability to capture and keep your attention. Okay. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's, that's what's dope. up. Man, Shane, I'm glad you came and spoke to us. Man. Appreciate yes. it. Appreciate I'm, it. Yes. Uh, before we go, man, um, what is your goal? What? What would what does Shane want to be? What do you want to? What's your 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 like? If you could just say, "Hey, this is this is my end. This is my my final chapter. Not death, but right. just like after everything I worked for. My this legacy. is where I want to be." Yeah. What what is it? I want a whole lot of young men and women to one day look me up, call me, and say, "Hey, man, just watching you." come from where you came from watching your struggle even not knowing you hearing it from my mother because that's what a lot of these young people they hear about me through their parents right you made me believe in myself again you made me believe that i could accomplish my goals my dream don't have to necessarily be a writer but you made me know that coming from the struggle where you came from and you got out and succeeded you inspired me i think if i can just inspire some people to be better my job would be done. That's what's up, man. Look like you started, okay. man. You yeah, you definitely you started. Yeah, most definitely. Man. Definitely. So, man, appreciate it, man. Uh, one more time, where can they get that book? All Hard your information. Hardpartpublishing.com. Spell that. Go ahead and spell everything. H-A-R-D-P-A-R-T publishing.com. Uh, Shane Shepard. Follow me on Facebook. That's kind of like my main vehicle. I'm not really big on Twitter or Instagram yet, but yeah, yeah. I-, I learned Facebook when I first got out. So. Yeah. Shane S H A N E Shepherd S H E P H E R D on Facebook. Uh, I have a book order line three one seven four nine five four eight three nine. You can call up, get the book dropped off at your job with a, with a signature and a picture if you want it. That's what's up. Just don't make it happen, man. Yeah. And, uh, Instagram is hard underscore part, so I do have an Instagram page. Okay. So yeah, get it all going, man. Especially yeah. pushing that, pushing that, you know, that's pushing that uh, product, man, yeah. for sure, man. Well, everybody, um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, 
Man, this is a, I love when we have guests like I'm this. I'm so full. Pushing, yeah, I am so pushing. full after this episode. Yeah. So uh, um, please like the episode, uh, follow us, iTunes, um, uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, everything. Stitcher, we're everywhere. Yeah, Stitcher, Google Play, um, C's on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna get on Twitter. I'm gonna get on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Instagram. Uh, oh man, we got to get our Instagram together because we were using my Instagram. But yeah. I'm gonna still push it. If you go to our Facebook page, yeah, uh, I'm gonna push. We're gonna create a personal um, uh, Instagram page. Yeah. But it's mine right now. So follow it like and that's it. cool because y'all love jones over there with his videos <laughs> and yeah. his pictures his selfies listen i, I selfie somebody king. got on me for selfies <laughs> selfie king but i only take selfies to promote a product selfie king ig is my selfies for selfie steaks is high podcast uh, <laughs> yeah. that was a disclaimer <laughs> yeah because right, right. yeah, i ain't just out here taking selfies selfie king. It's, for, it's for the steaks is high podcast. she should appreciate that we i like, do you know right. i do i do i appreciate it because our fans appreciate hey shane let me tell you something bro this is the first episode where she wasn't disagreeing with me the whole episode. So thanks for coming, man. I'm glad you're here, bro. I'm glad you're here. No <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Shane, once again, man, appreciate you. You got to come yeah, back, man, you. when yeah. you get you your next book out, yeah. man. And we could just have regular, normal talk. Just yeah. whatever. Me, man. I'm coming, For sure, man. Anytime. For sure. Thank for sure. you so much. No yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stakes right. is High Podcast. Peace. Good night, y'all.